0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Happy Father's Day. I'm a dad. I have three little nuggets. Um, I don't know what that was. I thought pictures of my kids were gonna come. I was like, ah, oh, this is you gotta, this church is prophetic. Um, I have a, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. So I got little ones. I'm young dad. They're young kids, and we're having a blast. This is my wife, Melissa. Isn't she lovely? And um, uh, I'm very thankful to be here, be a part of the church. What's interesting is that this is the actual first church service for me personally that I've physically been in for a few months, and I'm a pastor, and we've been doing, we've been doing ministry for a decade now. And this is the longest time that I've been without being in a physical church for so long. It's one of the weirdest couple months of my life. It was weird. I mean, we've been doing church stuff, but it's online, Zoom meetings, you know, Facebook preaching. uh, But there's nothing like the presence of God in a community and being joined together. Uh, Let us not forsake gathering together, even as we see the day approacheth. Let us continue to gather together. Even, even scripturally, if things were literal, things can get way crazier than what we saw with coronavirus, okay? Um, uh, let, us, let us continue meeting together. Sometimes we've got to do it a little more safely or whatever, but let us continue meeting together. And I think about how Jesus, um, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that he walks in the midst of the lampstands. I'm going to say that again. It says he walks in the midst of the lampstands. What are the lampstands? Lampstands are the churches of God. God loves to be active in the church, okay? And I, I really feel I'm going to speak prophetically too and just be, be very blunt and real with everybody. I, I feel like there is definitely, and I recognize there is definitely a spiritual war going on. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We, we wrestle against principalities, powers in the heavenly realms. And and I do believe that there has been these attacks and these feelings like, you know, coming against the church and, and even the move of God. But it's funny, this, this is a season that I see God's going to do a crazy revival through his church. You don't have to have a perfect society to have revival. You don't need a perfect society and a perfect law, a perfect this, a perfect that to get God moving and get him resurrecting hearts and bringing people alive who are dead in their sin and trespasses and filled with love. You don't need a perfect society. You don't need everybody healthy. What you need is God. That's all you need. Real simple. And... Um, I, last time I was here was actually right before the shutdown happened. It, it was only a couple weeks before. It was kind of weird, right? Now I'm here, and this is the first kind of, uh, it was me. <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> um, and I was, I was, I actually forgot what, because it was months ago, I forgot at first, I said, what was it that I even talked about when I came here? And I, I asked my wife, and then she kind of reminded me, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, and it was, it, was about, it was about seeking the first love. And you can do all kinds of things for Jesus, but Jesus is calling us into that intimacy with him. And, and I think this season has been a great season for us to uh, dig into that, because you don't really got much else to do. Um, for our church, we were doing fasting and we prayed together. We did a we did an extended fast together, and we were praying. And um. And I just I just think this is a great moment in time where God is preparing hearts for what He's about to do. We get so caught up in Western culture of just do 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 do. Oh, next thing you know, you sh- you shut up all the doing. Everybody's like, "What do I do?" You <laughs> know. And it's a great opportunity to say, what really matters in life? Because your life doesn't consist of everything that you own. This Bible says it in Luke chapter 13. Jesus says it, not just the Bible, Jesus. Um, says your life does not consist of the things that you have. Your life does not consist in the things that you have. And the world, the world seeks and pursues the things that they have. They pursue it. That's the ultimate pursuit of the human in the flesh is to seek things. He says they pursue these things. But the Christian pursues a different kind of riches. It's the riches of God. Faith, love, hope, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Yeah, I said that already in the beginning, but you're right. Temperance. This is these are the riches of God that he wants for us. And I've been meditating on this thought. What, what is the, um, what's the most important thing here? Number one, it's just being united to God. Knowing his love and being love. And love one another in my heart. Love one another. Sounds so simple, so Sunday schoolish so elementary, um, but it's so profound that I really hope to God, and I don't mean that lightly, I really hope to God we don't miss the message of love one another. Ah, It's in the darkness that God is going to shine, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. God's about to shine so bright, He's shining already. He is light, right? But he's going to shine through his people. When his people align themselves with him, they align their hearts with him. As as Mike Wallace preached earlier, as as he's seated on the throne of our heart in the rightful place, as we recognize love is what we're meant to manifest, we can start doing things that are really countercultural to how people do things. And the world really, really needs it. Uh, If you have a Bible... I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, and I'm on a time schedule today for, you guys got a second service, so we've got 25 minutes for me to preach a sermon to you, maybe you'll stay for second service too, 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 5, Okay, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Father God, I just pray for this service, God. I pray for this family, this church. I pray for your presence. I thank you for you. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your grace. I pray that you'd speak today, Jesus. And we thank you for what you're doing in this community. We thank you for what you're doing in Orange County. We thank you for what you're doing in California. We thank you for what you're doing in the United States of America. And, God, we thank you for what you're doing in the world right now in this season. In Jesus' name amen it says examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith I don't know about you guys has anybody in here ever been misdiagnosed I was like whoa Micah took a left turn it's all tied has anybody ever been misdiagnosed you know I've been misdiagnosed I was misdiagnosed twice this year for some crazy things you guys ready for this The first one I got misdiagnosed for was the beginning of this year. I go in, I had to take a test for uh, a job that I was doing, helping out with some kids, high school kids. And the test was a tuberculosis test. Okay. And the way that they do it is they poke you right under the arm, like right on your forearm area. And then you got to wait a couple days and you got to come back. And then they measure the bump in your arm if it's over a certain size, guess what? You've got TB. And then, you know, well, it might not be active TB, thank the Lord, but you've got the virus, and then it's like one in ten chance to actually get the active stuff, and so therefore you gotta go on a year-long medication regimen. And good Lord God help me. I'm inside this clinic. Bless them. Bless their hearts. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I want to preface this with, I actually really like doctors. Uh, I might, the, the the hospital that we go to is St. Jude, and I just love it. You walk into the doors, and it's just a giant Jesus on a cross. I'm like, yes, I love this place. Um, the nurse, uh, I, oh, I can't get there yet. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, so I go to this clinic, though, not that hospital. I go to this clinic that was tied to the uh, school district that I was helping, okay? So I go in there, I get my test, they poke my arm, everything. Um, and I come back two days later, and there's a, there's a red circle that's like fairly large red circle. Um, and the lady uh, comes and, and she looks at my arm and she measures the whole red circle, Right? And she says, oh, man, you are positive, like, big-time positive, you know? And I'm, like, standing there, like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. The doctor comes in, and this is never a good sign in the very beginning, okay? But the doctor comes in, looks at my shirt. Now, I don't know if this is, like, a prophetic moment or what, but my shirt says, redeemed. <laughs> redeemed. Redeemed. You know what redeemed means? Redeemed means that I've been set free. My chains are gone because of the blood of Jesus. My shirt said redeemed on it. The doctor comes in, looks at my shirt and goes, redeemed. And I look at him. I look at him and I go, redeemed. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, what is this? And the doctor looks at my arm as well, looks at it. Oh, this is positive. So they're like yip, yapping, like, we're going to have to get this guy get an x-ray and all kind of stuff. And I, I just ask a question. I'm like, I'm me, you know what I mean? If you know me, you know me. I'm not very like, raw, you know? I'm like, I'm like, Jesus loves you. you know? Like, love one another, you know? It's amazing. You say love one another, how, how upset some people get. I told some people, hey, Jesus loves you in a, in a, in a uh, burrito place one time. And these guys get up, and the guy starts threatening to physically assault me in my face. I'm going to beep, beep, you mother, beep. And I'm sitting there looking at him. I'm like, bro, you could do whatever you want to me. Jesus loves you so much. And as I'm looking at him, the two people on the bench go, hey, I want to receive Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to receive Jesus too. <laughs> Anyways, it's funny, you know. Be really kind to people. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's radical. Some people are like that's not radical enough. We need to get <laughs> no <laughs> gentleness. It goes a long way. So, anyways, that's what I, that was my tone. Okay, with this guy, I said, I said, well, doctor, <laughs> I said, I said, doesn't there need to be an induration on my arm? And 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 the induration has to be a certain size. Now an induration is a hard bump and you have to feel it, a hard bump, and then you have to measure that. I asked him that specifically. I said, Doesn't there need to be an induration? And this is his response. I wasn't meaning to be like you don't know what you're talking about. I just was just like he looks at me and he goes, What do you do for a living? I go. I said, I said, I'm a pastor. I said, I'm a pastor. And he looks at me, he says, how would you like it if I went into your church and told you how to preach? And I said, oh, man. I said, okay, well, I kept the peace, you know. I said, I'm sorry, I think I'm going to go get a second opinion. I said, I think, I think I'm going to go get a second opinion. And they said, well, you need to get an X right now. I said, no, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm going to leave right now, and I'm going to go get a second opinion. This is, this is kind of done, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm sorry, buddy. And so I walk out. And how many of you know when you get misdiagnosed, you feel horrible? I walk out right into the parking lot. I almost want to pass out. I'm just like, I feel sick. <laughs> Maybe it is tuberculosis. <laughs> I'm walking in my car. I'm moving slower. I'm like, I'm getting sicker as I go. <laughs> Anybody ever get like that? You know, someone says something. Maybe it's true. Maybe I do have this thing. But I didn't believe it. I was like, this is a really funky situation. I just don't believe this guy. I, I, I don't know what it is. But my heart was screaming, Micah, eh, that's, not, that's not good news and not true. Okay. So immediately I, I walk out of this clinic and, and I call the, ho- the, the, the hospital. It was a Kaiser hospital that um, my wife and I were part of or whatever. So I called the doctors. I said, hey, I want to come in right now. And I want to see a doctor, and I want him to look at my arm. And they said, sure, come on in. So I go to Kaiser. I go in there. I'm sitting there in the, uh, in the little office, you know, doctor room. Next thing you know, a, uh, a nurse comes in, really nice guy, you know, really nice. Comes in, completely different experience than last time. Grabs my arm, grabs my arm, could care less about what it looks like. Grabs my arm, takes his hand, rubs down the hand down my arm, like feels it all. And he goes, oh, this is negative. (laughs) I go, I go, I know, right? (laughs) I go, I just had a really bad experience, you know? He's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get the doctor, you know? The doctor comes in, really nice guy. He looks at me, how you doing? I go, I'm okay, you know? Grabs my arm, doesn't even care what it looks like, feels it, and goes, that's negative. I go, I know, right? I tell him my situation, what happened, what that doctor had said, and the doctor just, like, mouth open, like, I can't believe you went through that. I am so sorry you went through that. And um, I was like, I know, right? This is horrible. And uh, I had to actually take the test again with them. He's like, listen, you're totally negative, but uh, that's a lot of paperwork for me to have to, like, write up, like, saying that the other person's wrong and all kinds of stuff when you just need this for a work thing it's like just just we'll walk down the hall we'll take it again come back in two days and just ignore that that ever happened with that place i said okay i came back two days later i'm negative okay horrible experience misdiagnosed well it happened again last week you want to hear this one (laughs) that was earlier this year that was right before all the COVID stuff happened I was like, good Lord, I, got go. I felt like I had tuberculosis for a day. I'm like, oh, you know, and then, and then when you feel like you got something, you're like researching everything, like reading, you know, I'm reading everything. I'm like, oh, this is how they do therapy on it now. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I got to get this checked. Okay, well, here we go. Last week, um, I, I, yes, I'm going to just go, this is crazy this is really crazy. I go to help out um, my father. Now, my father's a sweet man. He's amazing. He's a, he's a businessman, uh, has hundreds and hundreds of employees. He's a great guy. I really, really like him. And he knew that our church, you know, even though I'm doing stuff online, I'm kind of hanging out. And he says, hey, Micah, we're in this really tough situation. Uh, what if you think about coming in and just help, helping me for the next couple of weeks with some stuff because, anyways, there's a bunch of issues. Said, I said, I'd love to help you out, Dad. And I was just thinking, you know, driving in the car with him every day is going to be wonderful. It's going to be the best. <laughs> it was really good. So uh, so I go to his business, and he works in in, in uh, Los Angeles and, ha- and runs these um, studios where all the people are doing television shows and all kinds of stuff. So, at the television studios, they're wanting to test everyone for coronavirus, okay? So, take tests. So, I said, oh, man, this is going to be interesting, you know? So, on Friday afternoon, these guys that run a COVID, like, I don't want to blast them and embarrass them, but they run, like, a whole testing company, Okay? Now, none of, I don't know if you guys know this, and I'm not meaning to bash the whole like, COVID's a very real thing, okay? I'm gonna preface all of this. Just like tuberculosis is a real thing, okay? Let me start with that. Um, I got an orange sticker. <laughs> it's very real, okay? <laughs> I still believe all the hands on you if you feel sick. I'd love to come pray with you. But, uh, so, on Monday, they were going to test everybody. Well, on Friday, a bunch of executive guys were all in this room, and they were talking to the people who were the, the medical people who were going to do the tests. Okay? And they say, yeah, you guys want to try the tests out. Now, these tests were swab tests where you swab your spit in the inside of your mouth, back top, you know, back of your throat, you know, and then, you, you know, you put in a little thing, put it into this orange bag that's got like a, like ah, ra- radiation, like crazy, and then you give it to them. Yeah? Anyways, I'm sitting in the back. The, the the executive people are all talking. And I'm just this pastor guy, young, young father, hanging out in the back on this nice couch, uh, waiting for my lovely father to be done so we could drive home and I could hang out with my lovely wife and my kids. So I'm sitting on this back couch. And next thing you know, they all turn behind. And they go, hey, Micah, come try it out. <laughs> and I go, all right. Sure. And they give me one. Micah, do it. Micah, do it. Micah, take the test. I go, sure. I got no symptoms. Let's do it. And uh, swab, swab. Now, this is the, the funny part is that I'm doing the first test, and then I didn't know there was liquid in the jar. Okay, there's something like a little bit of liquid in the jar. So I'm doing it, and I'm actually going go, half the liquid's coming out. And they're like, Micah, you messed it up. You got to do another one. I go, wow, I'm really not good with this medical stuff. Okay. So they give me a whole other test. I take that one. I start swabbing again, put it in there, give it to them. I'm feeling fine. Okay? Now, side note, undercurrent, understory. You ready for this? Two days before this, for the last two days, from Thursday, and this is Friday, I'm taking it. I was having chest pain. Not sick, no fever, no cough, no nothing like that. But I was, I was having this chest pain. I thought it was indigestion. It is indigestion. I thought it was indigestion. Now, check this out. Friday night, I take this test. Saturday, feeling great. Wake up in the morning, feeling wonderful. Wonderful. I wake up to a phone call. This is what the phone call says right at the beginning. It's my dad. Micah, you tested positive. You need to... Get over there as fast as you can and retake this test. Next thing you know, I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh, God, you know, I know, do I have coronavirus now? Like, what is going on? Oh, Lord God, help me. My wife's like, oh, she starts freaking out. Cause she's like, if you got it, I got it. <laughs> And I was like, true, <laughs> if I got it, you got it. <laughs> and uh, so we get in the car, we pack the kids into the minivan, it's 10, it, actually it's like 9 a.m., I start driving to L.A., let's go take another glorious test. As I'm almost there, I get a phone call, and it's the, one of the guys from the lab, and they go, hey, Micah, Micah, you know, like, let's just, just listen, you're, 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 right on the, you're right on the cusp, you're like on the border, We can't really, you know, it's just hard to tell, you just got to take another test. I said, okay, buddy hang up the phone with him i go and i take this test and um and i'm like you know i just i even said in the car I, was like, I feel like i'm just gonna be negative on this test like it's just gonna be negative i take the test but i had to wait the whole day the whole day and then in the meantime I, i'm like good lord i gotta like fully quarantine so i'm laying in my garage now my garage is nice, though it's not a nasty garage. We we redid it, and it's like it's 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 nice. It's nice. Praise be to God. It's real nice. And uh, and I'm laying in my garage, quarantined for my family. going, I can't hang out with my kids. I can't. Even, like they're like looking at me. My oldest daughter's terrified. Like, like I've heard of this. You know. <laughs> I'm like I'm like babe. We don't know. We're just getting tested. Anyways, I'm waiting the whole day, and. And that chest pain that I was having, I have no other symptoms, right? But I'm having this chest pain. So, you know, I start diagnosing myself <laughs> in, in a bad way. And I, and I start reading this stuff. And it says, it says, if you have COVID, like these are like the regular symptoms, like, you know, you're pretty chill. But if, it's, if these things happen, you feel any of these things, you like 911, like get to the hospital right now. One of them is chest pain. Oh, great. So I'm having chest pain. I've got no other symptoms. I'm like, oh, if this thing comes out positive, I've got to go straight to the hospital. Like, this could be really bad. Yeah? Anyways, I had to wait from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. They told me it was going to be four hours. I'm chilling the whole day. Next thing you know, I get a phone call. The guy says, hey, Mike, I didn't want you to have to wait for an email or anything like that. I want to tell you, you're, you're negative. You're negative. I said, oh, great. I said, you know, well, he's like, there's a whole realm of possibilities of why this was this and this was this. He says, but, uh, but he says, but you're negative. I was like, well, am I kind of negative or am I like negative, negative? He's like, no, you're negative. I go, okay. You know? And then I felt better a little bit. Right. The next day I got really worked out. That was a rough day. And my wife was negative too. The next day, my chest was hurting on Sunday. My chest is hurting and and, and, and there's all this pain, and, and it gets to really, really late at night. And I thought for four days now, I've had chest pain. And I thought, I think this is indigestion. I've never had indigestion. I've never had heartburn. Like, never had this situation. So for me, it's all new, okay? But anyways, I got really, really worked up. Late Sunday night, my arm is, like, numb, my left arm. And I think, man, is there something wrong with me? I'm like, and then I'm thinking, I think this is indigestion. But I, got, I want to test all things. uh. Test yourselves, the Bible says, yeah. I figure, I got to test this. Like, what if it is a heart thing, you know? Like, what if? I mean, it might not be. And there are good doctors out there. So I had to go on Sunday night. Mike Wallace actually came and picked me up in the middle of the night and took me to the Thanks, bro. And took me to the hospital. And they put an EKG on my chest. It's just chest, you know, test. And the doctor comes in and says, your heart is perfect. <laughs> Stellar. Uh, Those were her words. Just like that. I go, great. She says, let's take an x-ray too. Takes an x-ray. Your lungs? Great. Thanks. Take a blood test too. Make sure there's no damage to your heart. Blood? it's great. I said, great. Here's some Pepsid. Basically, some heartburn medicine. I go home. I'm like, oh my gosh. Any of you guys ever been misdiagnosed? Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. Anyways... It was a it was a rough week. Um, Melissa's laughing at me. I'm gonna read the scripture again, and then we're gonna. How much time do I have left now? I got five minutes. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, take ten. All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll go to 45. This is horrible. <laughs> Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know that, that Jesus Christ is in you? How do you test yourself to see if you're in your faith? I'm not going to be able to go through all these scriptures right now because it'll take us way too long. We've got 10 minutes. How do we test ourselves to know that we're in the faith? It's very simple. It's a one word. It's got four letters. Starts with L, ends with E. Love. Okay. If you obey his commands and you love people, yeah, you know that you're his kid. You know that God's in you. All right. Test yourself. The world can get caught up with what do I have? What am I passionate about? It's really good to have zeal, but zeal without gentleness is not a good thing. Wow. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Um, (sighs) Love, loving your neighbor is the most important thing that we need to grasp right now in this season. We live in a society where people are going off the rockers for all kinds of things. Some rightfully so, some not rightfully so. (sighs) Some, some vocals, like being vocal for good, good purposes, and some people saying some really, really bad things. Um, and I've been seeing it, you know, social media and everything, just because we're, you know, in uh, kind of an isolated kind of a way. Even though things are opening back up, a lot of people are still separated. But people are really, really heightened with their emotions. Yeah. How is the church called to act in this time? I've been meditating about how Jesus is so revolutionary. He changes the world. He flips everything upside down. He lived in a society that his people were truly, truly, truly being oppressed. Truly, truly being oppressed. These Roman guards would come up to a Jew and they would say, take my bag. Okay. Now on the road, on the road, in that area, the Romans had set up these pillars. We all know about these things, these pillars. and would be one-mile pillars. Every mile, there'd be a pillar. And the Romans could tell a Jew, take this and walk it for a mile. They just wanted to. Let's say they're like, oh, man, I've kind of back hurts. Find a Jew, take it, walk with it for one mile. And they had to do it. Jesus comes to them and says, if someone demands you go one mile, go two yeah? Imagine them saying, I'm cold, give me your jacket. Give me this, give me that. He says, Someone demands your shirt, give them your jacket also. They want this, go double. He said, It'll be like pouring hot coals on their head. Ooh. He's talking about changing a system from the inside out, from hearts. The Jews. We're in a very big thing of let's have a revolt. We need a Messiah to come and wage war on these Romans. God, Jesus is like, I'm going to flip this whole thing upside down, inside out, transform everybody from the heart. Because the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. The law was unable to do something. Go to it real quick. I still got time we got six minutes here. Romans chapter 8. Follow with me, guys. I know this is a 10-minute fire message. Romans 8. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that I was weak in the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. We've got laws in our nation and we want to have more perfect laws. Yes. That's a good thing. Laws are meant to withhold unrighteousness. Laws were not made for the righteous. Laws are made for the unrighteous. So be like, Hey, you kill that person. You get in trouble. Yes. That's a good, that would be a good law. You do something bad, you get a repercussion. Yes? Now, in our country, I would say we've got things that are laws that, in my own opinion, uh, I think there's things that are not good laws, i.e. abortion, i.e. different things. I think there's things that are not good laws. That's where I'm at. You understand? Now, God gave the Jews a law, and it was written with his own finger. How perfect of a law can that be? Maybe one day us in America will have the best law any country has ever seen. Well, you won't beat the Jews because God wrote it himself. (laughs) And there was something the law could not do. It could not get it. It could not take your sin and your death away from you. (laughs) It can bring judgment. It'll be a tutor and teach you: you ain't good enough, bro. You ain't good enough. You ain't good enough. You need a savior. Mm. Jesus did what the law was unable to do. The law can be perfect, and yet it's unable to do something. It's unable to transform your heart. What do we need? We need this guy named Jesus. He was able to do what the law was unable to do, remove sin and death. From where? From the legal systems? From your heart. And it's from your heart that people around you start to shift and change. But we've got to live and act like Jesus. He has come to reconcile us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, read it later, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God has granted to us the ministry of reconciliation. God's ministry is reconciliation. Two Parties at enmity between each other coming together in union. The justice of God was met on the cross so that the grace of God could be given to you and to me. God is a God of justice. But thank God he doesn't want to put justice on you right now. (laughs) God brings justice on you and me. We'd all be hanging on a tree. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. We want good laws, we want good justice, but to bring transformations through this one guy, Jesus, and through a message and a ministry called reconciliation, bringing people into union with the Father through the blood of Jesus, where justice was met so that grace could be given, so that two parties could be reconciled. Jesus, who deserved to be really upset with us, He made us. All things are made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But to those who received him, he gives them the right to become children of God. Yet he has this right to be really upset with how we're treating him. And he goes to a cross. And he says, take up your cross and follow me. So, uh, God's heart is reconciliation, and it starts with us and him, union, and secondly, his ministry of reconciliation doesn't stop there. His ministry of reconciliation goes this way, too. God actually cares for all humanity, not just this church, but all humanity to walk in unity with one another. He says, my desire is that you would love one another as I have loved you, That you would be one as I and my Father are one. (laughs) That's that's His desire for humanity. I think God cares about it a lot, a lot. But I see His ministry and His work focused on hearts. And I just want to encourage and call you to get on board with God's work, God's ministry, and love one another. Don't don't get prideful, upset. Uh, The Bible says, um, be be gentle, kind, patient, long-suffering, not boastful, not proud, not keeping record of wrongs, all these things, because that's what love is. First Corinthians chapter 13, love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not boastful. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. Okay? It's kind. It's gentle. And so I want to encourage us to be hearing people, be people who listen, first and they're slow to speak and be people who are seeking to love people so radically and to be demonstrating a love that supersedes any emotion that could be out there. We are all, we, everybody wants, everybody wants justice, especially when we're hurt. We need justice. Yes. But the greatest justice, it's crazy because the greatest justice that happened for us was tied to an injustice and it was all tied on the cross with Jesus, so that we can forgive as he forgave us, okay? We can be a voice also for those who are hurting. Those are all good things, yeah? But the ultimate way of change, guys, Americans, people, the ultimate way of change is never, ever through a law. A law is good, and we need good laws, and we need to, there are laws that I protest for, and I will talk for I have tape on my mouth for. There are laws that I'm willing to be a voice for, and I think we need to do that. But don't lose the recognition that the main thing, the main change will always remain the same because there's something the law cannot do, and that's remove sin. That's the issue here, yeah? I love you guys so much, Father. I just thank you. Father, I just thank you for this church. I pray that you would uh, help us to be Lovers of you and lovers of people, lovers of our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Everyone's our neighbor. Help us to love one another, God. And we just thank you for what you're doing in this nation. We thank you for the revival that you're bringing in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Come on, that was a great word. People don't remember long messages anyway. That was awesome. (laughs) I'll be real. Come on, you're going to remember that. It's awesome. Yeah, um, that, that's it, you guys. I love you guys. Thanks for kind of just giving us grace and trying to speed things up and hurry things. I know we don't like to hurry what God's doing in the room, but when you got a whole other group of people coming, and you get it. So anyway, love you guys. Thanks for being gracious. If you need prayer, uh, prayer team, come on up front. We got a few people on the prayer team uh, in between the services. Um, we'd love to pray for you. Pick up your kids now and... Uh, and if you want to stick around and help kind of clean places up, we can, we'd love some help also. Anyway, love you guys. Have a great Father's Day. Go tell your fathers they're, better, they're above average, all right? Just go tell them you're above average, Dad. You're <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.